0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Awkward Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Rhoda Trumacy. This week, I have a very special guest whose personality is so bright, warm, and bubbly. It literally jumps out at you from the page you're reading about her or just listening to her. I'm pretty sure you guys will be able to tell just hearing her voice over the interview. What a bright personality she is. Her name is Claire O'Connor and I met Claire through a Facebook group we were both in together. It was a workshop run by Go Live HQ. And just a side note, if you guys don't know who Go Live HQ is, and uh, you're interested in having a website made, you need to get to know these girls. Promise, Hunter and her team are incredible, and we'll get you together real quick. Not just on your website, but on your business as a whole. So the uh, workshop that Claire and I were in. And a bunch of other amazing entrepreneurs um, was basically a two-week workshop where you purchased a template, you designed and installed it yourself. Well, not so much design. Well, yeah, you did design, but basically you took a, a template that they had put together, and um, you got to reconfigure and redesign it yourself, install it, and then go through all the steps of um, creating a brand bio and your color palette and the look and feel of your brand and just everything really important that you need for a brand to look polished and professional and put together so we got to do all that in two weeks and let me tell you it honestly felt like all six seasons of game and Th- game of thrones in like two weeks flat Like, it was real. I remember being up one night, the first time I started playing around with my template and not sleeping because I was so stressed out about just ruining it and it not looking polished and looking good and just messing up. But anyway i worked through all that and i put together something eventually that you'll now see live on my website but it was definitely a process definitely a learning curve but what was so great about the experience is that within the group there were so many amazing women that were just willing to share and open up. And Claire was one of them who she was like a superstar when it came to answering our questions and just giving feedback and just helping us out when we weren't sure about things, drawing on, I'm sure, her 30 years of experience in web design. I was really, really thankful for her being part of the group and being part of that community. And I got to know a bit more about her and her business and her background uh, during this interview. So. If you have a pen close by and a notepad, pick it up, take some notes, and I really hope you enjoy and are able to take away some really great practical pieces of advice. Uh, Claire talks specifically about um, how to get over that voice of fear telling you you can't do it because, as we know it's a daily battle with imposter syndrome so she shares some tips of how she's able to work through that and she also talks about how to find clients and what her system is and it's something so simple but maybe not something we um, think about or maybe something we overlook in this digital age but anyway there's a lot of good stuff here that I hope you guys are able to learn from so I hope you enjoy this episode of the awkward boss podcast Thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: I'm excited. I'm so honored and I'm happy. I'm just excited to participate and support you in what you're up to. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. This
0: is like a a passion project, I guess, of mine. Because, I mean, even just going through the whole workshop with Go Live, there's so many women with big dreams and it's like, we're not alone. Like having that community I felt was amazing because it's like, you'd be struggling with somebody and then you see like 10 posts about the same thing. And it's like, great. It's not just me. I'm not just like, you know, messing this up or feeling miserably. So that I felt was so helpful to have and you were like a superstar in that group answering (laughs) so many questions I'm like I'm gonna get my money's worth out (laughs) of
1: this
0: (laughs) exactly right how did you find the experience overall just curious oh just great
1: I think those ladies are rock stars yes and um it definitely kicked my butt in terms of my timeline you know because I would probably I would probably have been even not even one-tenth of the the you know in terms of being able to
0: launch yes oh i know exactly what you mean like i felt like there's this meme of what's his name at the end of lord of the rings (laughs) he's basically just like just in awe like stunned about everything that's happened and it's like we survived though like it was crazy (laughs) and it was intense and like you said if it wasn't for that you know, aggressive timeline, I probably would still be tweaking and Mm -hmm. wouldn't have that fire under my butt to get it done. But thankfully that got pulled off. So yeah, I know. And congratulations for launching. I was looking at your site. It looks amazing, (laughs) but you've had lots of experience designing websites, right? Yeah, but not in
1: Squarespace. Oh, okay. Okay. So So it was just a matter of like learning a whole new, I mean, I, use, I customarily have used Weebly, which is also a DIY platform, but you don't have as much ability to customize in Weebly as you do in okay. Squarespace. Yeah.
0: Squarespace,
1: there's like a hundred or a thousand things that you can tweak, and it's good but also bad because <laughs> you really get lost in it and screw something up. Yeah, without... you tweak the wrong thing, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, but you um, and i you and i both had the kira Reed template yes we did and it was interesting to see how we took it in
0: like different directions right. Right. i love okay so i was going through your site and one of the things that hit me immediately was how strong your personality came through like it's so vibrant i was literally laughing like i need i need to read i need to read this for a bit like i pulled out. Your description about yourself. I was like, oh my God, she's so hilarious. Okay, <laughs> you describe yourself as a website designer, check, word nerd, check, possibilitarian. I love that. Mm-hmm. Anything's possible. Um and where was it? There was oh yeah, you said when I'm not communing with my sexy MacBook Pro <laughs> <that> <laughs> is like, isn't that the life of a website designer, though? It totally like,
1: is, is. My husband gives me so much crap about it. He's like, are you, are you, I mean, he'll be like, are you on that computer again? You know, <laughs> I right. I'm not working. I'm like I on do. it. It's like it's, like physically attached to me.
0: <laughs> there's always something to do, right? Like, especially as a creative, it's like, there's always something to do. There's always something to tweak. There's always something that could be improved. So yeah, you're preaching to the choir. I totally get it. <laughs>
1: So yeah, to me, it's like, I just, when I was a kid, I was a, a bookworm. Mm. And to me, it's like, this is like having a library in your lap. Right? Like Everything. Any the question, world. Any question you have, it's answerable. Yeah. It's
0: like Encyclopedia Britannica, if you remember those. Like right. at your fingertips, basically. Right. Yeah. So, like, just, you know, in the vein of your soft um, website design experience, how important is it as a business owner um, or as an entrepreneur to
1: have a website? Wow, that's a really good question. Remember back in the day when people used to wonder, do I need a website? You know, oh, I don't need a website. And I think we're definitely at the era now where it's simply a non-negotiable. You know, in the same way that you need a phone number or an email address, you need a website. It's like a given. Yeah
0: no I absolutely agree and I get the questions sometimes from clients like you know if I have all these social media platforms is it really necessary like can't I just use a Facebook page and my response is yes you do want a website because say something happened like a social media apocalypse happened tomorrow <laughs> like how would you write but like Which I would welcome by the way <laughs> like a forced time out from Instagram and all those things yeah Mm -hmm. but it's like what do you how do you connect with those people like all of your content was on those platforms you have no way of reaching it now Mm -hmm. so a website is like your own piece of virtual real estate that you own that you can curate for that you can bring people to apart Mm -hmm. from those online entities. So yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And another thing that you do, I think it's kind of like a signature of yours, because I was going through your portfolio as well. And in addition to your own site, you um you I guess like the that personality comes so strongly through. Like how important is it for you to put your own personal voice or your own personal tone in your website or how you present yourself online because I know originally, like coming up with my new site, I wanted it to be like really polished and proper mm-hmm. and, um, which, which looks pretty for like Vogue and stuff. Right. But then the more I like from the mood board to the actual deployment of the website, I changed it up a bit to be softer and more fun because that's just who I am. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm super, I'm, I'm super dramatic, like super extra. And so like, I, I, <laughs> I had to pull that in, right. That personality. Right. right, right. And, um, I felt like maybe if I did that too much, that might push some people off. Mm -hmm. Like what, what are your thoughts around that? Like including your personality into your, your online platform?
1: That's such, such a great question because first of all, as a solopreneur or even a, just a small business owner where it's you and a small team or you and some employees to me, it's about your personality is your story you know, talking about storytelling and your love for archetype and storytelling, it's like you, it's your superpower. Your personality is your superpower and how you channel that through into everything you do. That's what people are going to be attracted to. They're going to, people only do business, you know, like they say, with people they know, like, and trust. So if you're going to hide behind a persona or a facade that isn't really authentically you, you won't get as much mileage out of, and also you won't have as much fun. Yeah, exactly. And you, yes. and you won't attract the kind of clients that you really resonate with, that yeah. you love working with. because People can feel that. You know, people can feel you, and if they can feel you, they're going to want to hang out with you if they're the right tribe. And those are the people you want to work with, because, because if you work with people that aren't like that, it's always like an uphill battle, and you're always pushing the rope.
0: Yes. Yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head. That is so true. And um, like in the beginning, I was afraid of being, I guess myself, my extra dramatic self. But I actually got a comment recently from one of my clients, and they told me that the reason why they went with me was because I was so transparent and open. And I thought that was the very thing that was going to kind of repel them. But instead, that ended up attracting them. So that was like a learning moment that I thought was yeah. cool. Yeah.
1: It's like you almost like need to like hang that on your wall, you know, and really... Yeah, it's like
0: you will. It'll uh, your personality will help to attract the right type of people because you don't want everybody, right?
1: Right. No. Yeah. Right. You want to have. Uh, uh, how does Chris Doe? Do you know? Are you? Do you follow Chris Doe? Chris D-O. Doe. Chris Doe. D O. I will write that down. Yeah, he's um, he's got some amazing. Oh my God! Such a huge, huge, huge catalog of resources, mostly um, YouTube videos on. Um, on on how to be an entrepreneur you know in the entrepreneurial journey and he primarily focuses with people who are in the creative world you know like designers and (coughs) you know videographers and photographers and that but but what the stuff that he teaches really applies to everyone but but um he's this raise the you know raise the garage door you know like You want to have the garage door, like, come up from the bottom and down from the top and just the right people come through. And and it is, it also makes work way more fun because you're working with people that are simpatico. Yes. And that creates energy, that generates energy, and everybody wins then. Yes, absolutely agree. Yes, totally love it. Okay, so let's dive into...
0: (laughs) So all of that was just kind of us kind of vibing off each other, like not even touching the questions we had planned, but no, that's good. Cause I feel like <laughs> it's all very important um, nuggets mm-hmm. of information. So you've been an entrepreneur for about 30 years, is it?
1: Um, well, I'm, 53 and i started when i was like 22 23 so yeah wow
0: so Mm -hmm. what is it that drew you to that entrepreneurial lifestyle (laughs) well basically i'm
1: unemployable (laughs) which means i have such strong ideas about how i think things should be done and i don't mean that like from a bossy place but from a place of i can see how to do this better and um and I found that, you know, the few times that I did have a job, that I just found, found myself just really frustrated that I couldn't express my own creative ideas and carry them through all the way through to completion without having um, roadblocks set up in my way because it wasn't, it didn't fit, you know, just like going back to the whole thing of being extra, you know, embracing the extra. Yes.
0: Yes, you need. It's it's who you are. Why people who get it will get it. So, how did you um, start taking those first steps to becoming an entrepreneur and you know starting a business?
1: Well, when I first got out of college, I was interested in. I went directly into massage school, almost directly. I took like a four month break. And so when I got my massage license, I knew I didn't want to work for a spa or, you know, a chiropractor or anything like that. I wanted to set up my own space, decorate it the way I wanted to and see clients on my own terms, set my own schedule and, um, and just create the tone, you know, sound the tone that I wanted that would carry through the whole thing. And to me, that's like, an aspect of creative expression. And so it's very satisfying to just have an idea in your head and then bring it all the way through to completion. And so I don't think I ever really had another idea of getting a job, a J-O-B. It was like, oh, this is just what I'm going to do. And it's kind of weird because I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. I mean, they're all kind of standard, you know, mainstream type type Mm. J-O-B. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i love how you spell j-o-b like there's like it's a oh, back word, word and you don't want the little kids to like pick up on it. it's like j-o-b no because it's like for so long and that's why i call this an awkward bod- boss podcast because culturally right like the majority of our society you know you go to school you get the degree you get a job right um mm-hmm. but i feel like we're at a point now where there's especially if you're the creative type um you can feel kind of stifled Um, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, having like the regular nine to five, like that's what our economy has been built on. That's what our world's been built on. That's why people can cash in pensions. Like we thank God for all that. Right. But there's also, um, uh, people who, you know, we didn't, you, you gra- like I graduated in a depression. Mm-hmm. So trying to find a job was really difficult. So in addition to having that like full time, it was always like, what if something happens? Or like you said, you know, feeling maybe a little bit stifled and wanting to be more creative outside of my, my nine to five. And so that's where the side hustle came in. And at first, I feel like there's like this huge kind of stigma on what are you doing? you know like how are you like like why are you doing that like that's what (laughs) i know right exactly like getting that reaction and it's actually um now i think more people are more accepting of it more open to it like if you say you're an entrepreneur you say you know you're wanting to pursue your own dreams before that was the bad word right that was uh what are you talking about did you hear about so and so but now it's like kind of reverse where it's like um you know, it's like, why not do something outside of the traditional J-O-B, right? So no, I think that's just hilarious. Well, you
1: know, and then I wonder too, it's like, have you over the course of time kind of changed the people that you hang with so that they, so that you're surrounded with more people who are simpatico and less and less people who are more, you know, like middle of the road, mainstream path. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it it might be a combo of that, but then you have, you know, the people like Steve Jobs and um, you know these bootstrapping entrepreneurs who went on to you know change the world. Yeah, exactly. But that's because again they were breaking the mold, right? And
0: I think right. you made a good point about kind of like birds of the birds of a feather. I think once you change um, your not necessarily your outlook, but once you start actually materializing what's been in your heart or what's been in your mind for so long, putting that out there will start to attract the like. And your, your groups might change. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay. I think some yeah. people are, might be a little weary about, oh, you know, this person might think this, this person might think this, but you know what? That's, that's up to them. What, what about what you think? And staying true to that, I think that's what's most important. So speaking of that, can you talk a little bit about like the support system you've had?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's an amazing thing. And I think without that, I know for me personally, I would not have been able to accomplish even one tenth of what I've accomplished in terms of my, my, my Renaissance woman, serial solopreneur, you know, adventures, because I started out, um, doing, you know, you're familiar with the concept of mastermind groups. Mm-hmm. Yes. where people just get together and they're supporting each other in their goals and helping them reach and stretch and create accountability and think bigger. And so I always had that right from the very beginning and I created that for myself. I just, you know, I'd meet women. I'd be like, she seems like somebody that, you know, kind of gets that idea of, you know, because we're trained as our culture to not be too extra, right. To just be, you know, um, keep your head down, you know, toe down, you know, tow the line and um, don't expect too much and you won't be disappointed and don't rock the boat and you know, we're given all these messages from our culture and from our family of origin. And so I immediately said, I want to be surrounded by people who are possibilitarians, where they're focused more on what's possible instead of what's in the way of yeah. what's possible. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the first things I did was I just gathered up over time, um, a group of women. And I think the first group that I was in I think there were six of us, and we met religiously once a week for two hours, and um, just kind of did a round-robin with a kitchen timer. and, <clears throat> OK, what are you working on this week? Okay, what are your obstacles? Okay, What, are you, what is your plan for the obst- to get around the obstacle? Mm-hmm. And, and then reporting back in and saying, "This is where I got stuck." can anybody help me with this? You know, do you have any ideas? Have you dealt with this? Mm, That's awesome.
0: Yeah. What would you say would be your biggest challenge in launching your business or running a business? And how were you able to deal with that?
1: Mm -hmm. For me personally, probably the biggest challenge has been overcoming the the negative self-talk. You know, the inner critic persona that has an opinion about everything and um, and really really recognizing that as a as a manifestation of fear, mm. and that fear can really be my best friend because anytime that you're in a state of doing something new, a state of expansion, a state of stretching, it's it's Hardwired into our nervous systems that fear will be generated, and what is fear? I mean fear is a body sensation. you know I feel butterflies in my stomach or I feel slightly nauseous or I feel like i can 't breathe or you know, and so really looking at go at wow, I must be doing something right because i 'm scared instead mm-hmm. of thinking i 'm doing something wrong wrong yes i'm scared it's like you know just kind of flipping the whole idea of fear on its head and just saying fear is my best friend Mm -hmm. you know fear helps me know when i'm on my growth edge and it helps me know that i'm in the right spot because if i didn't feel it then you know like like they say you know nothing really exciting happens in the comfort zone (laughs) you know and, and, and really just saying okay well this is an organic reaction inside of me it's not something that i'm screwing up or doing wrong it's just natural i'm i'm a um a mammal i'm a i'm an animal organism you know and that that fear response is is old it's reptilian it's it's you know paleo and we're not going to get rid of it it's never going to go away fear is always going to be accompanying any endeavor that we do and so what can we do what can we what can we do to rearrange our relationship with fear and and have it be a friendly relationship and have fear be an ally?
0: I think those are really important questions.
1: Using it as more of a
0: indicator that you're on the right track to growth, right? To to evolving to something more than maybe what you've been doing because Mm -hmm. it feels a little off. So not necessarily a bad thing,
1: Right, and not that, you, not that you're doing it wrong and other people in your shoes wouldn't be feeling fear. Anyone in your shoes would be feeling fear. You're going to leave your reliable paycheck behind. Right. You're going to, uh, you know, have to deal with your parents who don't know what to say to their friends about what you do for a living you know, or why you're doing it. Um, but, you know, I don't know who said this. Uh, maybe Fritz Perls, fear is excitement without the breath fear is excitement without the breath and because it's the same physical body sensation but we're holding we're gripping and so if we can introduce like one of the practices that i use all the time is using breath and movement to shift that sensation of fear and open it up into creativity
0: putting a tangible i guess space to fear um, one thing I know that was really scary for me in the beginning was sales conversations. Still mm-hmm. is now a little bit. I'll know about like if you. If you oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, how did you? How do you
1: approach them? Well, that's a that's such a universal question, right? Every entrepreneur has that question, and and you know, you for me, I'm because I'm always on my own growth edge of like. My skill set is always evolving and what I'm charging is always moving along with that. So I'm always sort of riding a wave of this new frontier of okay, well now I'm charging this. You know? So even if I got even if I got comfortable with a sales call at my old price, now I'm at this new price. And so it, it doesn't ever really go away. But what one of the things that helps me is to Recognize that that my fear is universal, that I'm not special about it. You know, it's not like I'm screwing up. This is just no, normal. C'est normal. <laughs> and, um, and recognizing that the person that I'm talking to is really my ally. You know, I love that word ally because frequently we'll see it as, you know, like a conquering or a win-lose or winning the sale. You know, we have all this languaging in the world of, in the world of marketing and sales that's really adversarial. It mm-hmm. has an adversarial undertone to it. And so I try to just flip it and say, this person is my ally. They're, I'm their ally. I'm their friend. And can we collaborate in a way yeah. that, that really creates a better result for both of us? Yeah, so I get it to... You have a shared goal. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and then this way, it allows for the, um, the people who aren't the right fit to get weeded out. you know because if, if we're really looking at a professional relationship, whatever service or product you're offering, you are your job is to help make that person's life be better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. so I like to remind myself of that. just remind myself that I am offering something that is a value and will help them
0: live life better when i started thinking of of it as somebody has a challenge i possibly could have a solution or something that helps them overcome that challenge and all i'm doing is presenting that information right
1: right it's kind of like Thinking of that that they're not necessarily coming in with their arms folded across their chest But just kind of leaning in with curiosity and mm. Genuinely wondering, you know, is this a good fit for me? And yeah. um And during that time to really just let yourself be who you are, you know, if you're um, extra <laughs> <laughs> you Know that you're not trying to show up in this persona of the professional, right? just like showing up as you who That's, has an yeah. amazing skill set that, go, that God gave you, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, I feel like sometimes, especially as women, placing value on our skills is difficult because mm-hmm. we've often been taught to, you know, everybody else first, right? right. Like you'll take the last piece of burnt <laughs> toast or you'll skip blow drying your hair because you're getting like the kids ready or, you know, putting lunch together for for hubby or siblings or you know right, so it's like when it actually comes to being a business owner, a businesswoman, and putting yourself out there and actually putting a value to that, that could be that could be scary. But I think you you said it like if you just look at it as this is what I can do to potentially help you with your issue, then mm-hmm. and let them decide, right?
1: Right. Let exactly. Them, yeah. Yeah. So your job is to just basically be as transparent and authentic in showing up as who you are and Mm -hmm. revealing being being graciously revealing your gifts and your skills Mm -hmm. so that they can make the best decision for themselves absolutely absolutely
0: (laughs) so what would be the best piece of advice you feel you've received as an entrepreneur um or what what would be your advice to aspiring entrepreneurs
1: Well, you know, one of the things that's been really, really powerful for me, and it's so basic, (laughs) is what I call sorting the files. File one, things I can control, file two, things I can't control. You know, because thoughts and events and other people's responses, they all fall into one of two categories. And the vast majority of the things that happen to you or that your, your mind generates these thoughts, you know, these beliefs and stories, you know, the vast majority of it is stuff that you, that is in the file mark, things you can't control. And so really recognizing what's mine to, to affect, what's mine to impact, and what doesn't belong to me. You know, whether a client says yes or no, that's outside of my control how I show up in my own authenticity, my own, you know, I call it opening your kimono. Not that you want to lead with your wounds or anything like that, but just, you know, recognizing that we're just at the end of the day, you know, two humans trying to do the best we can with what we have. And um, and also wanting to bring more light into the world. So, I'm wanting to bring more light into the world by shining the light on people who are bringing their light to the world and um, and just really recognizing that moment by moment there are things that are within my power to have um, to have an impact on, and there's all these things that I really need not worry about the past, the future, other people's opinions of me all other of it. People's <laughs> you name it you know it's not mine to to steward in any way, shape, or form. I'm just letting all that sink in. (laughs) (laughs) So true. So
0: true. And once you're able to get to that point, (coughs) it's just freeing, Mm -hmm. right? Oh gosh, I can count so many just wasted hours and energy, just, you know, just feeling anxious about things that I absolutely had no control over hmm okay that was that's that's gonna <laughs> settle
1: <laughs> yeah and then recognizing that sometimes things I things I can't control or I think I can't control I can actually have a positive impact by simply reaching out and you know having that sweaty 10-second co- conversation yes you know, just saying um you know, I underbuild you and I feel really scared about telling you about it because I think that you're going to think that I'm a loser <laughs> or unprofessional and I screwed up and, you know, here's what happened. And um, I just wanted to, you know, include you in, you know, instead of kind of taking the victim stance that yeah, it's, that I can be um, recognizing where my power lies and I don't have to be at the effect of something that I've placed myself at the effect of unconsciously. So like, when does your book come out?
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're just, just so much wisdom here. I'm like, and we need more of this. <laughs> where can we find it? Well,
1: you no, know, I mean, it's only recycled wisdom, right? There's nothing new under the sun. I mean, I've had some amazing, amazing teachers and, um, and in fact, in terms of a really great resource, um, if I had to name like one or two books that had the most impact on me, um, one would be *The Big Leap* by Gay Hendricks. And that, in that book, he talks about how um, how common it is or universal it is for when we're on that growth edge and we feel fear, that we'll sometimes unconsciously do something to self-sabotage, and um, and you know, we're hardwired from childhood to have um, a thermostat setting for how good life can be. You know, For how smoothly things can go, for how much joy I can experience, how much money can flow into my accounts. There's a thermostat setting and it's usually set in our childhood. And then when we reach into our adulthood and we get new ideas, you know, I wanna try this, I wanna try that. Um, this mechanism kicks in that kind of keeps us back where our thermostat level is. So maybe we'll do really well for a while, but then we'll bring ourselves down. We'll either have inner critic thoughts or we'll stub our toe or break a leg, or we'll have a fight with our spouse, or you know we'll drop the ball on an important commitment and have an integrity glitch. You know Something happens to bring us down to our um, natural, comfortable state. And so that book is all about that dynamic and how we can kind of get out in front of it and use it as a, a positive thing instead of a negative thing. Wow! Yeah, the big leap by Gay
0: Hendrix. Okay, that, I've I've added that to my book list. <laughs> right after becoming, I'm still working on that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> do you want to talk about what you are working
1: on, or like how people can can get in touch with you, can work with you? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what I do is I work primarily with women entrepreneurs. Solopreneurs and small business owners, a lot of my clients are in the, the field of wellness or, and or the helping professions, you know, like they're coaches or they're, um, you know, similar to what you do where they're helping other people in, in some way or, or another as opposed to selling widgets. Not that widgets are wrong. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with widgets. <laughs> But, you know, they're usually kind of mission-driven, purpose-driven. And what I do is help them shine. And, mm-hmm. you know, I could call myself a website designer. I could call myself a wordsmith. I could call myself a content strategist. But really what I'm doing is let's let's take a close look at what your genius is, what your gifts are. And because I'm outside of you, I'm I'm really – and maybe it's because I have a particular gift for it in addition to this, but I'm really good at seeing the genius that other people have that maybe they quite, can't quite see because they're a little too close to it. And, and I'm able to see it and, and kind of like funnel it out of you and get it down in writing so that you don't have to do the writing yourself and then create this gorgeous website that
0: showcases it. That sounds amazing, and I think, I love how you said, you know, sometimes you're too close to mm-hmm. your own genius to see it, and sometimes you do need somebody to, mm-hmm. to, to expand your frame in
1: right. order
0: to see what's actually in you, and I feel like a lot of people, they don't like to beat their own drum, or they don't right. think they even have a drum to beat, <laughs> right. right, so right. yeah, that's really, really important. Yeah. And then for them to be able to to see it on paper.
1: Yes. Yes. And you know, the fish can't, don't know they're swimming in water. And usually with our own genius, we just can't see it because it's something that we do like breathing and we take it for granted and it's like, okay, (laughs) You you need a mirror in a way, you know, an intelligent mirror. Mm-hmm. And that gets to be you, which must be so fulfilling,
0: right? Like you get to, oh, I love
1: uh, it. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I totally love it. I totally love it. You know, most of my clients are really, um, Jedi masters at what they do, but they're maybe not Jedi masters at describing it or, um, talking about it or, writing about it or Representing it in story, you know, because it's it's their story. Their genius is their story and you know story is the magnet I mean, that's that's archetypal. I mean it goes back to the campfire paleo campfire But
0: really quick. I want to ask you How do you find your clients like what is what what method has been the most useful or effective for you for finding clients?
1: Well, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, low-tech, and that's asking for referrals. Asking my friends and family and friends of friends and my clients and just really approaching it like, um, not, like not like I'm burdening them with the request, but that I'm inviting them into the space of, because everybody wants to participate in someone else's success, right? So, um, you know, like last night, I, one of my favorite clients, I saw her last night and, um, and I said, Would you be, I, I have a testimonial from her that I had transcribed from a communication, of, um, a video communication that we'd had. And I transcribed it and she didn't intend it as a testimonial. It was just, she said she appreciated something that I was doing and she really was articulate with it. And I said, Oh, I'm going to write that down. (laughs) And so that's what I've been using as her testimonial. And I said, would you be willing to actually um, spend a little bit of time with me so that I can get your real testimonial? (laughs) This one is definitely useful and I'm using it and I will continue to use it, but I want, a little bit i'd like a little bit more and she's like oh my god whatever you need you know because um so asking for referrals and asking for testimonials wow love it love it i feel like you have so
0: many gems <laughs> of knowledge and wisdom and insights um we could be at this for like hours but i'm gonna um thank you so much claire thank you so much for your thank time you, Loda. and I'm- yay
1: you for taking for stepping out onto the ledge and doing your podcast that's so cool <laughs> like i so- think you're gonna kill it you're, ki- you're gonna kill
0: it i can predict oh, it thank you thank you thank you so much i'm just honestly just at that point where it's like this is terrifying, but we're going to do it anyway because right, exactly, exactly. it can be done, right? Mm-hmm. Like like what you said, making fear your friend. Thank you, sweetie. Thank okay. you.